I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. We don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. The Christmas King, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Ho, ho, ho. Well, Santa just dropped the Mavericks a huge L uh, that was wrapped up in a massive box with a pretty bow on it. And uh yeah, that was another L for the for the Mavericks season. You know, Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, they're annoying. But you know what makes them even <laughs> more annoying? When your team is losing. Yeah, when your team is losing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can bear them whenever your team's winning. Yeah, when they like, trash right, other teams, you're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. They're God, they're so bad. They're just they're so horrible I, at announcing A's. But I don't know. Yeah, the not- Mavericks uh rebounding efforts might be just as bad. So <laughs> I mean, on today's show, obviously, Isaac and I are going to break down the Mavericks' loss. We're not even going to say the score. The, the loss to the Lakers on Christmas Day. Um, the first. No, 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 no. No, don't, don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. 138 points. <laughs> we have to say that score because yeah, it was bad. 138 points is a lot of points to give up. And. The Mavericks definitely have like they can't gloss over the defense part. So anyway, wait. okay. I thought you're. What, what'd you think I were gonna do? I thought you're gonna go into the whole like, oh, you're a Lakers fan and you loved it and blah blah blah. Like, I, you, I don't have enough energy. You guys know I'm sitting there like <laughs> hating that the Mavericks lose games like this, even to the Lakers, because I know that like two thousand of you are gonna be like, I'm not gonna listen to the pod tomorrow because they lost. <laughs> you know, you know what Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James have in common? They both <laughs> they shot both an air ball today. today. <laughs> I was gonna say their hairline, but yeah. Is Kuzma that bad? No. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna break down the Mavericks Christmas Day game. There, if you want to call it a game, I mean, it just was it. It was brutal. It was rough. Um, another rough yes. outing. Uh, let's just start with the negatives. We usually try to start with positives, but I feel like this is it. Well, this is gonna be the whole pod. I know. <laughs> I, well, let's, well, let's start with negatives, and then maybe in the third segment we'll get to some positives or things that we liked, but. I mean, mm. the first thing we got, 35 to nothing, second chance points. I mean, that's just like, that's awful. I mean, you, you just, I mean okay, you, let's take this Lakers team, right? The Mavericks completely do not match up against this Lakers team at all. Like, really at all, right? His Lakers team yeah. is built on this incredible size, right? They have AD and Gasol they start with, and LeBron is their point guard. And then they also started with uh, KCP, who's 6'5", and Schroeder, who's shorter, but... And then they bring in Montrez Harrell, who's this crazy rebounder, energy guy off the bench that nobody on the Mavericks can really even like match with. They used Boban in the playoffs to kind of you know take him out, but you can't really do that when he's playing with AD. <laughs> he's out there with you know some point guards that can actually get him the ball, like Schroeder and LeBron. Like he, he just he can't be exposed the same way when he's playing with a team that makes more sense than the Clippers last year. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Please tell me more about Montrezl Harrell because I was all about getting him for the Mavericks, and so many people were against me. I just, um, I think saying you shouldn't get Harrell, but I think this th- his offense we need. <laughs> like, yeah, I think this, I think this Lakers team help like helps accentuate his strengths more, right? Because you have you have AD back there to be able to defend the paint if you want if you want to throw somebody back there, right? Like the 
if they if you put him out there as the only center, the only big man, then he's he's just going to get exposed like he did against the Mavericks in the playoffs and the rest of the playoffs, right? He's going to score 20, but it's going to be an empty 20 because he's going to get scored on a whole bunch at the other end. But if you have AD, who's this like complete anomaly of a player, this like shot blocking, you know, defensive player of the year level guy that can also step out and shoot threes. I mean, yeah, that's, he's going to be completely useful against a guy with a guy like that. He's just going to clean up the boards. He's going to do energy stuff. All his minutes were with AD. No, but but like when, when they matter, right. When the, when the minutes matter, he, Montresero is going to clean up a whole bunch of stuff in the regular season, no matter who's next to him, because he's going to try harder than the guy next to him, which is part of the effort thing. And a lot of Mavericks after the game said effort. Trey Burke, when asked, what's the big issue with the Mavericks defense? What's the big issue with the Mavericks second chance points and all that? He just said straight up effort. This is it. I mean, it's it's effort. Luca mentioned that. We got to box out. Luca mentioned that, you know, someone asked him specifically. I love this quote from Luca. Someone asked him specifically, what did you think about your game against LeBron? Hopefully, I think he was hoping to get some kind of answer about um, you know, oh, it was great to play against LeBron Christmas Day, blah, blah. He was like, it doesn't matter. We lost. <laughs> we lost. Who yeah. cares about individual games when we lost the game? We just have to box out. I love how you just threw that at the end. He just said we have to box out. But it's true. This Lakers team has so many good rebounders on it, and the Mavericks don't, right? Especially with KP out. KP was 10 boards a game last year. We got to we gotta, you know, remember that. The Mavericks are missing 20 and 10 from their, from their lineup. So it's not just that they're... You know, I mean, it's not like the, this Mavericks team and the Lakers team were supposed to be kind of matched up, and then they, you know, <laughs> and the Lakers just kind of ran away with it. The, the the Mavericks are already down one, so let's chalk one of those up for you know lo- lower expectations a little bit. The Lakers are also, I mean, just such a deep team now this year. I mean, Harold Schroeder, you're bringing you know Kuzma's improved off the bench. Marcus Saul is like an afterthought. <laughs> like the the Lakers were. The, the Mavericks are scoring against Marcus Saul, and then the Lakers are like, "All right, we just will stop playing him, and we'll play Montrezl Harrell and Anthony Davis more." <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean the rebounding stuff. You know, was fourteen to twenty six. Uh, you know, that was the the rebounding. Um, let's just say score at halftime. Uh, oh, yeah. Lakers had twenty six. You know, boards. They finished the game. Lakers fifty three rebounds. Mavericks twenty seven <laughs> rebounds. It is a massive. Like, I, I would expect that the Lakers would out rebound the Mavericks, but that's a lot. Twenty seven. The Mavericks averaged forty six rebounds a game last year. Like twenty six yeah. rebounds. I think. I think we need to bring more context to that number. Is that that's just completely atrocious to be able to get that many, like that little amount of rebounds. And fifty three is not even that much either. I mean, I think the Mavericks were top five last year in rebounds, and forty six was their average. And so that's not that many more than. You know, a top five like that's I think fifty one last year per game was the Bucks and they were number one. So that's not that many more rebounds. It's not like they had this complete anomaly of a game where they got so the Lakers got so many rebounds. The Mavericks just did not get yeah. boards. They and just didn't compete, and they they can't really against the the size of this you know Lakers team. But I mean, we have to bring it up again with Dwight Powell and some of these guys, oh like the guys that they're I'm start- not ready. <laughs> I know we can't go into that again because we've already done that whole conversation about Dwight Powell starting and why is he starting. But the rest of the Lakers, a lot of these, Trey Burke mentioned this after the game. It was either Trey Burke or Josh Richardson that a lot of the Lakers rebounds were these long rebounds because they took a ton of threes. They took a ton of jump shots. Lakers took 39 threes in this game. 
And so a lot of, and they missed 20 of them. So a lot of these rebounds, a lot of these offensive rebounds they got were these long boards that usually the Mavericks are pretty good at and that they they were pretty good at it last year, but they just weren't coming away with it this time. Whether that was, what do you think, what do you think that was more of? Was you think it was just straight effort? You think it was Christmas day deer in the headlights? It was kind of, they were getting beat by the Lakers. And so they were nervous. Like, what do you think it was? Oh, I just think the Lakers wanted it more. I mean, when you, I mean, you look at the second chance points, that's obviously, obviously comes after offensive rebound. The Mavericks had three offensive rebounds. <laughs> the Lakers had 17 offensive three, rebounds. Three offensive uh, rebounds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 17 offensive rebounds for Lakers. Uh, that's a, that's a lot of offensive boards and yeah, a lot of that is effort. I mean, I, I think. Uh, it was Trey. Uh, I think it was Trey who was talking about, or maybe even Josh, like, well, hey, when the ball goes up, you know, you just like kind of looking at it and it's like, you got to get going. And so, I mean, I just think the Lakers wanted this, uh, not to go back to the Montrez Harold thing, but the reason why I, I was pushing for Harold over the offseason was he has that motor. Like, he yeah. has that, he wants it. I mean, Rick Carlisle started his whole press conference after the game, post game. And he, from the very beginning, he's like, I don't think I've ever seen a team, you know, get beat 35 to nothing, <laughs> basically, and the second chance points. And, and, but then he mentioned one player by name for the Lakers, and it was Montrezl Harrell. He said what he brought, his energy, his, you know, presence off the bench, offensively, too. I mean, he had 22 points tonight. So the Lakers have that luxury. I mean, he averaged 20 points off the game last year for the Clippers. So that was what, I mean, his offense and his, rebounding and his you know just energy he brings to the team i still think dallas misses some type of that type of presence some energy like get everybody hyped like you know like who's diving on the floor right now that like that's what you want to see too so i I think (laughs) hey you know who's diving on the floor dwight dwight (laughs) (laughs) and honestly maybe that's what carlisle wants from him but he's not gonna he's not gonna bring you that right like he i there's so many other limitations that he's not going to bring you exactly what you want there. So, all right, coming up, let's get into some more about this game. We'll break down some more of the uh, what the Mavericks did wrong, what the Mavericks need to improve on, and can it get better? They play the Clippers next, so I mean, this, it's not like some of these issues are going to go away, so let's talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, we're continuing to break down the Mavericks' loss to the the. Lakers on Christmas Day. But first of all, we didn't do this at the top because we wanted to get into some of the, the big things, but can we just talk about the Mavericks playing on Christmas Day? I know we're all feeling bad oh, about, yeah. the, about the loss, but I, I took a moment just to appreciate that when we started this podcast, it, there was, what, 38-year-old Dirk, and there was Harrison Barnes, and that was it, right? It was like That was the future. Yeah. There was not really a future for the Mavericks. They were going to be a decent enough team to not even get a high draft pick. You know, is, is that kind of they're in that weird? We were arguing about Jean Clavel <laughs> versus PJ Dozier. <laughs> By the way, I'm also I'm not at my I'm not at my house, so I if my audio sounds different, that's why. But yeah, we were arg- arguing about that. And I won that bet, by the way. <laughs> you did. Dozier's still he's playing minutes for the Nuggets right now, and <laughs> yeah. Jiverson is nowhere to be found in the NBA. But um, oh. the. The Mavericks playing on Christmas Day is awesome, right? I mean, I think we just take a minute to appreciate that. And they didn't have the coming out party that I think a lot of us hoped they would have. But, I mean, it was against this Lakers. It was the, literally the worst team they could have played. Is, is there a worse team that they could have played in the NBA? Probably not, right? The Nets, maybe. No, I mean, yeah, this was the worst one for them to play. But 
I thought everything I, I was, you know, telling my wife, I was like, it's, you know, one of the biggest games of the whole year. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, when's the last time they played on Christmas? I'm like, almost 10 years ago. Did you, <laughs> you look know, it up? So, I, can't, I can't, I couldn't remember. It's lockout season. So, wow, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a while ago. So that was a year after you know, the title. Yeah, there's probably a decent amount of uh, people listening to this pod that have never seen the Mavericks play on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, and I think just the lead up to, you know, Luca had a little interview with Rachel Nichols on the jump and every, uh, <laughs> it felt like every ESPN thing throughout the day was Luca, LeBron, uh, people, somebody tweeted at me the other day and said something about LaMelo makes a pass and like, oh, sports center shows him. I'm like, guys, we have Luca. You yeah. Can't, you can't you, complain we, about We that. can't complain about this anymore. We have one. That's, and yes, uh, Luca is better than LaMelo, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> Yes, but you can't uh, complain about gonna... Zion. You can't complain about Lamelo. Like you can't complain about the attention for any of those guys. <laughs> Luca gets the attention, but it was it's awesome. Like that, it shows you that this was the primetime Christmas game, and it was Lakers, LeBron, face of the league versus the new face of the league and Luca Doncic. Show if there was any people out there that didn't think or doesn't think that Luca uh, is not that star yet or whatever, never will be. Well, today didn't help your case because. He was front and center for the NBA showcase. And honestly, Luca didn't have that bad of a game, to be honest. I mean, he, st- he started out slow. He's still not shooting the best, but 27 points, four boards, seven assists. It, he was nine of 19 from the field, so 47%. Two of five from three, hit two threes finally. And he was seven of eight from the free throw line with only, what, three turnovers? So <laughs> it's not like he played that terrible of a game, but he just didn't have like the 40 point, you know, win over the Lakers game that would just had the whole fan base buzzing. Let's, let's go. I, I do want to point out his rebounding, though, because we, we do talk about, we have been talking about rebounding. And, you know, last year, how many rebounds a game did he average? It was like nine, it was like over nine, 9.4 rebounds last year first two games this year he had seven in the first game i think and then this game he had four yeah this is i mean if we're gonna pass blame off a rebound we, we need to look at it get in there rebound a little bit more too so i mean i think everybody tonight need needed to rebound the basketball and uh but no yeah i mean nobody had more than five do you know who had five maxi that's insane <laughs> wow. So, so what did you think about the opening tip defensive matchups? I, you know, I, 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 I know. get too fascinated about these Luca on LeBron, Dwight Powell on AD. That, hey, I, we're going to, we're going to shadow AD with Dwight. I, by the way, I, It was a meaningful game and <laughs> Dwight was guarding AD anytime he was out there. I, Rick Carlisle needs to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> Stop I it. Said, get out I here. said next time, I, I guess it was Giannis. I guess it was Giannis. I said that next time Rick Carlisle plays, you know, uh, Dwight Powell against Giannis in a in a meaningful game. I'd call for his job. So I'm just that. I'm, that was Nick. Nick Angstad was the one who said that, and I'm telling him <laughs> to stop saying that. That's a I, dumb take. I said that I would call for his job next time that happened, but I guess it wasn't AD. It was Giannis. I said so. Never mind. AD never mind. Carlisle stays. At, <laughs> here's the thing. AD was my MVP pick. Okay, so I mean, I think yeah. he's literally. Uh, I mean, there's only one team in the league that has two top five players in the league and it's the Lakers. Okay. It changes Um, everything. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is absolutely amazing when he's hitting the three. I mean, they were like, if he gets the three, he's vert, he's going to be virtually, I mean, he's already unstoppable. Okay. Did you see the shots he was taking in the finals, right? Those turnaround, like Dirk type shots. I'm like, he's already there. He has it. (laughs) Um, but you got to make him like work for it. And I don't know if Dwight made him work for it. And, or at least like when, if, a guy's like torching somebody, you know, throw another guy out there to, 
to, you know, give it a different look. Maybe make it make <laughs> I, AD I make the passes, right? Make these other guys beat yeah. you, and the other guys can beat you, which they they did tonight because this team is pretty deep. But like, I'd rather have KCP take like ten threes <laughs> instead of AD take a whole bunch of shots in the paint, right? And AD only played yeah. tw- thirty minutes. He scored twenty eight points. 10 of 16 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. He only took 7 free throws, but yeah, I'd rather have him make the passes. He had 5 assists in this game, so you know he can. He can pass out of those double teams, but yeah, you got to do something different. Okay, do we want to start going in on some Mavericks? Besides Dwight and... Oh, God. Besides Dwight. I think... I mean, what... (laughs) I think two games in, Tim Hardaway has to be better. He just has to be better. He has to make better decisions. Has to to become the Tim that was that they had last year. I mean, he was what? He was t- four of twelve in this game. He was not much better in the first game. He's not taking great shots. I thought he was good in the second quarter. He was he made a couple of buckets here and there. But if the Mavericks are going to be without Porzingis and somebody needs to step up, and Josh Richardson had seventeen in this game, so that that's a step up. You you expect that? Tim Hardaway is supposed to be that guy to score. They traded away Seth Curry thinking that Tim could at least continue what he did last year. And so far, through two games, still really early, he hasn't Seven done that. 7 of 22 from the field, Tim Hardaway. Total for, for the season, 7 of 22. Yeah, yeah. N- not good enough. I mean, if we're complaining about Dwight, we're complaining about Brunson, let's complain about a starter that the Mavericks actually expected things from, right? Like, they need him to yeah. be better offensively. And the Mavericks scored 115 points. It's not like they... You know, didn't score. They they did score in this game. They the defense was obviously terrible. But if the if the Mavericks but, are gonna have to run and gun and outgun people, which they normally do, they did last year. Then Tim has to be better. And especially when you know when you don't have KP. I mean, you look what how many times in the first half. I mean, it's probably probably didn't happen as many times as I'm thinking. But that they doubled Luca. Whether it was he was posting up you know, Schroeder, whether he caught the ball in the way. There are different times Taking that him up they early doubled at half him. court. Yeah, and they they forced him to pass it to somebody, you know. And Josh Richardson, you know, he missed his first couple of threes. I made a note of it, and uh, because I immediately, I mean, I got some Seth Curry tweets tonight from people. I'm like, <laughs> guys, Seth ain't you know helping 138 points. Seth ain't points, walking through that you know, door. Put on you, um, but you know, Richardson ended up hitting a couple of threes, uh, you know, towards the end there. But the surrounding cast has to hit threes. I mean, that's a, if an, if a, if I'm another team, I'm going to try to force the other guys to beat me besides Luca. And there were times tonight that the Lakers doubled Luca, forced him to pass it to a Josh Richardson, a Tim Hardaway Jr. who was one of five from three tonight, and said, "Hey, I'm going to dare somebody else to hit a three. And they just didn't make them tonight. I mean, it was just point blank. I will say a portion of the offense that was really intriguing was when Rick tried to recreate the bubble. In a sense of he played Burke with with Luca a little bit, yeah. you know Burke hit four threes tonight. I thought, and it goes all back to that one, the whole conversation of what would Luca look like with another really good playmaker. And I think they try <laughs> to recreate that with with Trey Burke a little bit. It, but it's the uh, what what would have happened if Kemba said yes? That that's the that's the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> if two years ago Kemba yeah. Walker said yes, that's that's the question. Well, he wouldn't be playing right now because he'd have knee. No, problems. he wouldn't. The Mavericks would have saved him. <laughs> Casey Smith would have saved him from the, this knee problem. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Burke, though, did you notice that Burke and Brunson really wasn't playing together? That was that a much? huge thing I noticed that I, I mentioned. I, I wrote down in my notes the Waterbugs are not playing together anymore. And Freaking split the bugs. I, they split them up, which I think you have to. They just haven't shown that they can play well together. 
so far, th- I mean, it's two two games, three preseason games, and they played well in one of them together, and that was kind of it. I think that yeah, I had to look at their minutes after this game just to see some on off stuff. But. And I, I wonder if some of that is put the ball in in Burke's hands more than Brunson because Brunson has. I mean, I, I made a joke about Brunson at the beginning, but he has looked rough, and he hasn't played since February, so you kind of expect some roughness. He hasn't played because of injury, so he hasn't been on the court, and he also hasn't played organized basketball, so you expect some of the decision-making to be rough. But he has been bad. If the Mavericks want to win games, then they can't be relying on him to be that secondary creator as much. Also, I, I kind of want to point out that we, we talk a lot about how the Mavericks roster was constructed. You know, All offseason, we talked about, okay, what do they need to add? What do they need to do? Let's say they add another uh, – let's say they add a wing instead of – of Willie Colley Stein and and Trey Burke. All of a sudden we're like, oh man, the Mavericks guards suck. Oh man, the Mavericks have no bigs. <laughs> right? Like we would be having the like the similar issues that they have. So at least they added a guard because if Brunson is not playing well and JJ's gone, it's just Luca and Tyrell Terry, right? Like those, Tim Hardaway <laughs> and Josh Richardson are like the only ball handlers on this team. So you know, it tra- kind of makes the Trey Burke signing make a little bit more sense. And he had 17 points in this game, by the way. It seemed like, didn't seem like that to me, but he hit four threes. The Mavericks hit 40% of their threes. So uh, your point earlier yeah. that the Mavericks weren't hitting threes, it's not that. The crazy thing about this game, besides second chance points to me, Mavericks hit 40% of their threes and they took 30 of them. They, had 20, they hit 20 free throws. And they only had nine turnovers. They had zero turnovers in the fourth quarter. They had nine turnovers. That's it. That's that's not a lot. The Mavericks averaged 12 last year, and they were number one in turnovers. So that's like a really good turnover game. And they still lost by, what, 23? <laughs> yeah. That is just that is wild. You're losing the game in the trenches. You're not losing by shooting. You're not losing by the turnover battle. You're, you're not losing even at the free throw line. You're losing in the trenches. And the Mavericks are going to do that against a team like the Lakers. Now, there's not any other teams built like the Lakers, not even the Bucks, right? <laughs> not not even yeah. that team is built like this team. They're just very uniquely built, which is why they won the title last year. Yeah, I mean, the second chance uh, points uh, stats been thrown around a lot after this game, the rebounding stuff. But I think another stat in this that is kind of getting looked over is you know, the Lakers had 60 points off the bench compared to Dallas' yeah. 40. I mean, that's a 20-point difference as far as points off the bench. A lot of that obviously has to do with Harrell uh, scoring, you know, 22. But, um, you know, Kyle Kuzma and his floater, you know, they had thir- <laughs> he, he had 13. By the way, <laughs> Isaac just tweets out Kyle Kuzma's floater that he airballs. And I, I know it's literally just targeted at me. He, he, he all but added me in that tweet, which is just hilarious. But anyway. That was a subtweet and a highlight. Yeah, it was it was very good. I appreciated it. <laughs> uh, but Marquise Morris, three three uh, threes off the bench. It just feels like yeah. all these people who would never be in a three point contest, it, they feel like random three point shooters to me. It feels like every time they shoot them shoot the ball for the Lakers, I'm like, dang, it's going in every time. And I'm like, whatever. Um, I don't even know what else to say about this. Uh, okay, <laughs> positive, positive. Yeah, coming up. James freaking Johnson. Yeah, coming up. Let's talk about James Johnson after this. Coming up. Let's get into some positives. We'll talk about some things that the Lakers can't – or the, the Lakers, dang it. The things that the, get out of here. Things that, the, things that the Mavericks can change in the next game against the Clippers. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk more about some positives. Let's take away some positive things. We need some positivity in our life. Uh, by the way, Merry Christmas to all of you that are somehow listening to this on Christmas Day. Maybe you're in the Pacific 
time zone, but yeah. <laughs> Taking t- I I turned down watching Soul for this Isaac with my family. I heard that was good, better than Wonder Woman. I, heard. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. Positives. I don't understand why James Johnson didn't get more minutes in this game. Someone on oh. Twitter asked me, they said, well, isn't James Johnson the answer for LeBron James? And I was like, I don't think he's ready for that. And I, lit- I literally said that, and then he steals the ball from LeBron. And then he had some really good plays in this game, too, where he hit some. He had four assists. He had some. He had that one run, like the, the Mavericks' only run in this game, right? It was very limited. But it was two good plays from James Johnson. Who set, he set up Boban, yeah. and he set up somebody else for a jumper. And... I think he should probably play more. Maybe it's the knee thing, but he didn't play at all. Should he better? But okay, so maybe it's the. Remember, he had a knee thing in training camp. Maybe he's dealing with some uh, some yeah. injury stuff from that. Maybe his minutes are limited. He played under twelve minutes, and he didn't play at all in the third quarter. Like no minutes at all in the third quarter, which I was really surprised about. But I think he should play more. But maybe it is injury stuff. Yeah, I really liked his minutes, man. I. I mean, just seeing somebody active, like defensively, well, the, their hands moving, the feet moving. The like, Mavericks talked about intensity and wanting to bring, you know, toughness and all that kind of stuff. I think the toughness is more about the energy, the effort, all that kind of stuff. And he's one of the guys that they brought in, hopefully, hoping that he would inspire people in that way. And he didn't. He doesn't play that much, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wouldn't you want that guy on the floor? Yeah. I don't know. I, I still think there was some kind of injury thing, which is why he hasn't played that much. But anyway. Yeah, I should I should ask Rick about that. I might try to ask Rick over the next few days about it. I uh, just what he thought about his uh, defense and just his energy and stuff because he had that big steal on LeBron and it's like, all right, I mean, it's great play. You know when somebody gets it when somebody gets a steal, it stands out. Whenever defense wasn't very good, you're like, whoa, defensive play, let's go. <laughs> and uh, I had to make a highlight of it real quick, but you know, I thought he played good minutes. He, I mean, is he the second best playmaker on the team? <laughs> I mean, so I'm just he's we, not bad. Like he's he's a good playmaker. Like run the offense through him a little bit, maybe. He I played 14 minutes in game one, by the way. So I think there might be something to that. But yeah, is yeah. is he the best playmaker? Uh, Tim had two assists. Josh Richard, Josh Richardson should be the second best playmaker. And we're gonna do the same thing that that Sixers fans did. Like, oh, we need more from Josh Richardson. You know, I don't want to do that yet, right? <laughs> I feel like we should. Oh. I don't have anything for Josh Richardson negative-wise. I think he's fine. I, I'm not even – because we don't know. I mean, I think what he's being asked of, he's doing. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. It's not like we're – yeah, I don't – I wouldn't necessarily blame Josh Richardson for not trying to set more things up. I think that's more like coaching stuff and what role they want him to play. But I, I love what James Johnson brought in his minutes. I thought he had that awesome like between backwards between the legs pass to Tim Hardaway for the three and – I just yeah, it, I, I need I want more minutes from him. It looked like he pooped the ball out to me. The way that he the way that his legs are far apart and the way that he was turned to the camera, I was like just gonna came out. <laughs> That's the kind of analysis you're gonna get on locked on maps. <laughs> every every right day there. your maps every day locked on. Looked like a looked like a built bar. <laughs> I basically run on built bar and like water. That's what I run on now. <laughs> it's basically that. No sleep. Low just carb. just built bars and water. <laughs> Any other points? Trey Burke had 17 points. I, I think I would much rather run through. I, I want to. I think the Mavericks to change some stuff. Run more through Josh Richardson than Tim Hardaway, and run more through Trey Burke than James than Jalen Brunson. Right until Jalen Brunson can come back fully, and maybe 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 Carlisle thinks he needs reps. 
to get back to where he was because Jalen Brunson was a really solid player, and we were all excited about Jalen. What percentage Brunson. do you think he's at? So <laughs> Carlisle before the game said that Dwight Powell's at ninety percent, and that ten percent that he's not at is very much needed <laughs> to unlock the rest. By the way, Powell had 12, 11 points in this game and three steals. So I I don't know. He had a, he had a dunk. That was he finally good. had a he, pick and he, roll alley oop. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. I thought I thought that was good. But what, what do you think about uh, running through, you know, Richardson more than Tim Hardaway and Burke more than Brunson? I mean, I feel like yeah. that that would ch- fix a couple of things. The thing with Tim right now that it's frustrating is and I know it's after two games, but it just it just feels it, like and I just need to go back and look at the shot charts. It's but it two, feels but it's like really five because more. we had pre three preseason games too. So we we've seen all this. Yeah. We've seen all this, you know, play out five times now. It just feels like his shots are more rushed through these first five games than the past like whole season. It feels like it's more off the dribble, a bounce back, step back, you know, shot kind of off balance. It, and it felt like it just, I don't know, it could just be me. Like, it just didn't feel like those shots happened as much last year than what they've been happening right now. I think Porzingis changes a lot of that, right? Because then he becomes the third option for sure. For sure the third, yeah. maybe even the fourth option. And he has to let the game come to him a little bit. Some of it, we've talked about this again. We, we talked about this after the first game, but is some of it because he's in a contract year? Maybe. Is some of it because he has to be the second option because Porzingis is out? Maybe, maybe he thinks that. Maybe the coaching staff has been telling him that. Who knows? But he's definitely been more aggressive, which is not necessarily better for Tim, right? I think more aggressive is better for Richardson, but not better for Tim. And so he has been more aggressive. He's taking the shots that we don't want him to take, and he's not letting the game come to him. I think that's just the way. And his dad hasn't been in the stands for two games. That that really is a thing that holds him back. (laughs) The Burke Brunson one, I don't know if I'm fully there yet, just because. I do like Burke working off the ball. And it kind of goes with the Luca thing. It's true. I like well, I think it he does work well with Luca sometimes and and then the bubble was he was working off the ball from Luca some. So I yeah, my whole thing with Brunson is is it just feels like his decision making isn't there yet. I I don't know if it's a lack of I I'm not watching Brunson's game and saying Oh, it's a lack of step, or he's just slower, or you know, I, I'm not seeing anything from Brunson to where I'm saying he's lacking athletically right now or physically. I'm just seeing it's feel. I, I think it's a decision making that, yeah, it's the feel of the game. So if he game manages more, and then it opens up for Burke more, and Burke gets more, you know, opportunities to score, then yeah, I'm, I'll I would lean that way. It kind of feels like. Some people talk about point guards and say, oh, they're supposed to have a clock in their head where, okay, this guy needs the ball now. This guy needs the ball now. This guy needs the ball. And it seems like Jalen Brunson's clock only stays at 12. <laughs> He's like, I have to go to the basket. I have to go to the basket. I have to go to the basket. And I think there's there's more options for him out there. He's missing some passes. He's missing some open guys. And maybe he can beat all these guys off the dribble. But, yeah, I – I don't know why he just drives to the rim every single, every single time. And we're not trying to bash Jalen Brunson. It's the feel of the no. game that doesn't seem there yet because maybe it's because partly because he hasn't played since February. I think that would be a big thing. He hasn't played organized basketball since then. And, yeah, he's, he's asked to have a bigger role now. He is the backup guard. He was the third guard last time we saw him, right? He wasn't the he wasn't even yeah. the backup. It was supposed to be DeLon, and then it was, you know, J.J. a little bit. And... Now Jalen Brunson is, and I guess Seth Curry was kind of ahead of him in that role too. But he Dennis, yeah, well, <laughs> but first year, first year, yeah. But now he's this, yeah. Now he is the backup point guard. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I'm, we're probably about done with this in in a little bit, but I just wanted to end the pod on it's still really early and yeah, like against two really good teams. Good, yes, we'll end it on well, a good note of one good team and one oh, yeah. okay team. Uh, the Clippers are coming Sunday. They're a very good team. Yeah. Last I checked, they were beating the Nuggets. We're recording during this Clippers Nuggets game. So they could go in there and lose to the Lakers on Sunday. And it's 0 and 3. The sky's falling. Everyone's freaking out. And let's just chill out just a little bit. It's going to take a, another week or so for me to really, really start to examine a lot of different things. And um, yeah, I. I'd say 0-2, it's not ideal, but uh, let's get past the Clippers and then see how that Hornets game is and go from there. 0-2, Porzingis coming back isn't going to fix everything. I hope you haven't listened to this and thought, oh, they're just waiting for Porzingis to come back and think he's going to fix everything. A lot of these issues that we said, Porzingis doesn't fix, right? He doesn't fix the effort. (laughs) Maybe he fixes some of the rebounding stuff because he's tall and he got 10 boards a game last year. He doesn't fix Brunson's decision-making. He doesn't fix the Powell thing. I don't think he fixes defensive issues against huge bigs, maybe a little bit, but I think that they, they definitely need him back. He's a huge piece that's missing. I don't think he I don't think he closes a 23-point gap against this Lakers team and a 35-0 second-chance points <laughs> gap against them either. So he is going to definitely come and, and fix some of that. So there you go. We'll be back on Monday breaking down hopefully a Mavericks win against the Clippers and hopefully another like Luca game winner. That would just that would make my weekend. That would be just absolutely <laughs> awesome. So uh, Marcus Morris Sunday. Oh, by the way, the green jerseys. Love them. Love them. Oh, so yes. good. Warm ups. Everything. Sign me it's up. It's great. I don't. I don't. I didn't like the warm ups with the blue pants though. I thought that was kind of weird. Oh, I did. I liked, you liked everything. It? You don't. You didn't want it to be a whole green jumpsuit. I didn't care one bit. I like you all loved of it. it. <laughs> all right, there you go. Let us know what you think at Lockdown Mavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Lakers suck. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs>